Welcome to the Sportlight Podcast for parents, coaches, and athletes. The Sportlight refers to the time in an athlete's life when they have increased ability to affect the culture around them and the increased opportunity to learn life's lessons through sports. This podcast aims to help parents and coaches capitalize on their athletes' precious time in the Sportlight. The Sportlight Podcast is brought to you by Especially for Athletes program. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sportlight Podcast. I'm Shad Martin. I'm pleased to be joined by Doug Meacham. How you doing, Doug? Doing great. Thank you for having me. Oh, man, we are so excited to have you. So uh, some may not know Doug. Many, many do know Doug. So Doug grew up in American Fork and was a three-sport athlete at American Fork High School, basketball, football, and track. And uh, after his high school career there. He went to Snow College, played a little basketball there at Snow College, and then went on a, a mission for his church and came back and went and walked on at the University of Utah, really in the prime of University of Utah running Ute basketball, right as they were on the verge of those the, that final four run. And, and uh you played there for a couple of years after graduation, actually got to be a grad assistant coach with, with uh, Coach Majerus, a legendary basketball coach in, in college basketball and at the University of Utah. And so, Doug, man, that, we are so excited to get your insights that parents and coaches might be interested in. And uh, we're so grateful for your support of the Especially for Athletes program. Currently, he, after University of Utah, I should have said this, he went and was a longtime basketball coach at American Fork High School. And now you're down, you, you, it's like pre-retirement, right? You went down to St. George uh, and you're leading the Snow Canyon uh, basketball team down there in St. George, Utah, and is also a high school counselor um, at Snow Canyon. So, so, so many things there connect with our program, Doug, and, and we sure appreciate you taking the time to, to join us and give us some insight today. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to, you know, share some thoughts and to just be a part and listen to your program and the things that you offer to parents and athletes are golden and uh, the mission and, and ideas that you give out to athletes and parents um, are, are awesome. And I'm excited to, you know, to share a few things. Awesome. Well, can we start with coach Majerus? Um, there aren't many people on earth who get to play for a hall of fame coach. That's just, uh, I mean, this guy, is a legend and and so unique what did you learn from coach majerus that might be valuable that, that you, has stuck with you throughout all these years and and might be interesting to some of our coaches and parents that listen to this podcast yeah coach majerus i can't share all of the stories about him this is a family <laughs> show and so i i was a little bit um taken back by how many swear words he could combine and and it was a different kind of a culture shock after being in utah county but I just remember his attention to detail and the focus on preparation going into games. And as a walk-on, that was kind of my role and our role as walk-ons is to prepare um, our star players to be ready for an Air Force, a Wyoming, a BYU. And, and uh, he really made us 
feel important. Uh, he literally probably made a sprint one time in all the years I was there because he didn't feel like we were working hard. For the most part, we did. And he knew we didn't have as much ability as um, those players there. But just w what an awesome thing it was to just watch him in practice and, and focus on, on the little things. Yeah, we we have done a previous podcast, and one of the advices given to coaches um, from from a, a mental health professional who had joined us, um, Sheldon Martin, he he talked about the importance of validating those positions on the team that that successful people seem to recognize the value of each individual, and and that they're contribution is something that is that is recognized it sounds to me like like he put a lot of stock in preparing you to prepare your team for for those games how how did he do that or what advice like as you've gone on now and you're a high school coach how do you validate those those really important positions that are behind the scenes contributors maybe to your to your squad I think through the years I've tried to really communicate more and more preseason, postseason to talk about potential roles and roles that they could even grow into. And, and Majerus had strong relationships with, with players outside of the court. I mean, it was really about business and basketball there on the court. And, and I know in today's time, you, uh, it's a little bit tougher when you balance truth versus harmony. He was really about the cold, hard truth to <laughs> players. And you had to be a special, I think, the, the, those um, elite athletes at that time were really mentally tough to take the hard coaching and the, and the truth that was given to them. And so, um, but he, he just really did a good job of, of celebrating toughness and effort. Yeah. And I recognize those things are two things that are within the control of everyone on the team, <laughs> you know, like you can control your effort level. You may not be Andre Miller, but you can control your level of effort. And if I understand from what I've heard about Coach Majerus, he did demand that effort level from every individual. Yeah, and it came down to even being in a defensive stance. He would talk literally for 20 minutes and he would make players stay in a defensive stance because he knew that was conditioning and he also wanted to stress the importance of of just being in the right position and and it was just such an amazing experience to watch game to game those come to fruition of of really great defensive teams and unselfish teams the great coaches throughout my life have done the things that you were just talking about that they recognize those scout team members they like uh, they recognize the the things that that are invisible to other people and they validate those things and and so that that's a just a a great concept that you're sharing with us because I think the better coaches could get at that the more unified the, the more urban meyer like teams they will have those special teams I think one of the ways they're made special is by doing exactly what we're talking about here noticing those things so absolutely and when you have seniors who may have an underclassman playing ahead of them that's that's a hard thing but you can get leadership from those seniors that can really be important i remember also as a grad assistant for majerus he was recruiting a specific player and he said make sure you tell the coach to send you his two 
best games and his two worst games. He wanted to see how did this player handle when he maybe got boxed in one or how, you know, when he was off shooting, what else was he doing to help benefit the team? And that's the, the joy of sports is when the shot's not falling or things aren't going your way, you can still contribute in different ways. Also, I, I'll sometimes turn up the film at our games and say, can you hear so-and-so from the bench? And, and players can. And I think that that's, that's important. That, that helps and adds to the team. Yeah, I was just going to ask that question. Is as a coach, you mentioned sometimes those seniors, you need them to be leaders, even if they aren't starting or if an underclassman's starting over them. And I was just going to ask the question, what are some things you do to develop that leadership and to help them be put in a position to lead? I'm just wondering if there's little things, and you just mentioned one, you know, turn up the video and talk about behavior on the bench or, or have the video on the other side of the gym and point that out. What are some other things you do to try to develop that unity and the importance of everyone on the team and everyone fulfilling their role? I'm wondering if there's any things that you do to develop that. I think, and that we try to really um, praise just getting together with your teammates. I have a senior that um, will continue to get guys together to go play ball at the church and be inclusive and to try to build those relationships outside. And so that those quiet conversations that I may have with that senior are, are to, to do some of those things, to pull in uh, those players who maybe are in that 10% of guys that don't work as hard and to um, you know, really strive to, to get the team to work, work like that. And I think that's, um, that's pretty amazing. We love talking to people like you, Doug. And the reason why uh, I was talking with you earlier about this, but every now and then it is fun to talk to these high level athletes who were identified at 10 years of age in the AAU circuit that they would most likely go on and be a major college recruit. And, but the majority of our listeners and our listeners' children, that's not what sports are like for them. Uh, they don't, they aren't at that high level. And so sometimes there's great lessons to be learned from someone who maybe wasn't born with just those, didn't win that genetic lottery, but really had a goal to play division one basketball for a great school and and fighting through and and obtaining that goal i'm just wondering as you went through that process what are some of the the lessons that you learned about work about resiliency you know those things that have served you well throughout your life even beyond the court yeah i i think um one of the greatest lessons I learned going back to high school, my junior year, I got cut from the basketball team. And I remember coming home and my mother, her response to me was, um, you know, there was some empathy there, but there was also some, well, go to work and make it so they can't cut you the next year. And just that response itself um, put, put the work and the effort on me. And it kind of, you know, shocked me. It was devastating to me at the time, but it also taught me how much I loved the game. Was I willing to go and work for it for that next year? And I think today, um, as parents, 
our response to how our, our, our athletes handle hard things is crucial to them developing and wanting to go through that working process. And, and I did that. I went to my coach and asked him, what are the things that you saw that I needed to work on and set that goal? And it was probably a, a really life-changing event for me that helped me kind of forge um, later on in life when I, you know, had to deal with hard things outside of basketball. And um, that's what I love about it, though, is watching these young athletes set goals, give them uh, in the off season some shooting sheets and, and say, here you go. Here's kind of a map. Um, if you can come back and um, show that you've put time in, it'll it'll present itself in November. November always asks what you did October, uh, March through October. And that's um, that's a reality. Yeah. You know, I uh, Dustin and I have daughters that do drill team. And that lesson of, uh, so we had just finished the state drill team competition and, and uh, it was the next day and I was sitting there with my daughters and to try to make a point to them, you know, I, I turned to my daughter who was uh, going to be a junior this year and I said, hey, so somewhere a drill team is winning, winning the state championship right now. Like you don't know it, the lights and the competitions are going to reveal it um in december and january but right now someone's winning the state championship they'll be crowned in in january february but they're winning it right now and she went out and started working on on a few of the the things but that concept of you know right now is when starting positions are being earned for november basketball teams um and i love the way your mom responded to that because a lot of parents don't respond that way. You know, they, they instantly go to, well, that kid who made it, his dad's a booster. Maybe if I was like his dad, then you, you, and they just get into all this. They give excuses instead of solutions. Yeah. And uh, have you read the Oz principle? Do you know that book? I have uh, not. It, it it basically, anyway, without going into the whole book, but the concept is that there was a shift. The author says there seems to be a shift in our culture where instead of using our ingenuity to come up with solutions, we started using our ingenuity and imagination to come up with excuses. That it's almost like it's okay to have a very mediocre, even a bad life if you have a really good excuse for it. You know, and, and the way your mom handled that taught you that, excuses don't get you anywhere in life, but goals and work and tenacity, that gets you where you want to, where you want to get. And so, so that's a, that's a great lesson. Yeah, absolutely. And even if I had not made the team the next year as a senior, the work and the process of it was still good for me. You know, if you, if you look back and so it's, it's, those can be uh, life changing moments. Yeah. And it's amazing to me that you went from, I mean, being cut your junior year. You know, we always hear the story of Michael Jordan being cut. I think it was from his, you know, he was a freshman or a sophomore on his varsity basketball team. But but you were cut from the varsity basketball team your junior year and end up playing college basketball, which I think that makes your your story even greater, greater hope, because there's kids out there this year, they're going to not make their varsity basketball team, and they're going to get crushed. 
or their varsity baseball team. And to think that that door's not closed, they don't need to dream a new dream yet. They, they might just need to, to put in a good eight months of, of incredibly hard work and, and you never know. And so that's awesome. Yeah. That's where you learn to love the work. And that's what you hope that your players develop uh, a joy for the process of it. And I have a lot of empathy for those that don't make the teams. I have a lot of empathy for those that are in that role position that are not in the limelight because they're putting in just as much work a lot of times. And, and sometimes, you know, you may hear a parent say, well, that coach plays his favorites. And that is, there is some truth there. They are playing their favorite guys who they think can help them win. <laughs> I have not met a coach who um, has not wanted to win in all my years and in interaction with coaches. Yeah. You know, and that leads us into something that we had that we had talked about previously you and I had an opportunity to share our golf games with each other and talk about needing to put in some work you know I think both of us need to get off this zoom call and meet and and put in a few a few rounds but but you've talked about the ability to be a great teammate and over the years of of fighting through that high school experience that you just talked about and then going to snow college and then walking on and making a team and being part of that practice squad that gets the team ready for their games. And then, you know, all your coaching experience, one of the things, the greatest lessons that you shared with me that you've learned uh, through that whole process is the importance and the importance of and how to be a great teammate. I would love if you would speak to the parents, to coaches, athletes, but what is a great teammate to you and and how can we foster that and teach our children to be great teammates? That's a great question. And I, through all the years, have coached some amazing teammates and guys who really played for their teammates. And in basketball, that would mean making the the right play, simply advancing the ball, simply being in a stance to help someone driving to the basket. And in today's generation, it's really hard because the crowd will ooh and ah over a crossover fadeaway jump shot. And, uh, you know, sometimes that's not in a player's skill set to do that or help the team in a certain situation. And so a lot of the things, too, about being a good teammate are behind the scenes. You know, the conversations that happen in the locker room um, and, and not belittling and, and building up. And, and those are special players to be around. And, and leaders aren't always the captains. I mean, the leaders can be the 15th player on the team who really helps uh, maybe one of those star players who's having a rough game to keep his head up uh, and to keep, you know, go to the next play. And, you know, for me, that's special to be around. I was reading, I've read the book, Urban Meyer's Above the Line, and I was shocked to hear that out of the 29 years, um, he only had five teams that he felt were aligned. And some of those teams that he felt were aligned didn't win a championship at the end of the year. And, and so, and that's where he says where parents and players and assistant coaches all have bought in to the team and I, I just think that's the, the challenge of it and he says um, one of his quotes that he says the first quote in the beginning of his book 
He says you can get seven to eight wins on talent. Discipline pushes it to nine wins maybe, but when you add leadership, that's when magic happens. And uh, I think any of us who stays in coaching for a long time really love the opportunity to fight for that magic in a team team setting. Yeah. So when you think of a parent who's trying to help their kid not just develop athletically, but to become a, a leader, a unifier, maybe what are some things that parents could do to help their their son or daughter develop in that way? And what are some things parents might do that are detrimental to that process that you've witnessed over the years? Yeah, I think it's, I think even in this social media um, generation, it's, it's, I think encouraging them to post things about their teammates, post things about um, and celebrating some of the little things, you know, we always see those posts of I got my offer to here and there. And, and I think that's exciting, but uh, how awesome would it be if every post that a, an athlete had was about, you know, a team success or another teammate's success. I think that's something that I, I think can be encouraged. And, um, you know, I think sometimes uh, something not to do is, is once a parent or player is concerned about individual stats, those are red flags. Those are things where um, it, it, it turns the player to do selfish things out on the court. And, and, and to me, if a parent can help a player focus on body language, effort, um, hustle, and being available, I think to me that's a, that's a life skill, <clears throat> excuse me, a life skill that can translate into success for the rest of their life of, of being on time. And, and those are, those are some things that I've seen um, parents do well with, with their athletes. Yeah. And I'd love to share a story of one of those particular athletes this last week that happened. We were in a tournament down here at Dixie state playing in a lot of games throughout the week. And on the Friday, they have kind of a shortened uh, tournament schedule. So the, instead of a, two halves of 20 minutes. It's just one half. And we had nine players on our varsity bench and I ended up playing eight. And so I didn't play this ninth player who is, who's similar to what you just, just described. And after the game, um, I'm speaking to the team and out of the corner of my eye, I kind of notice his parent down the hall. And I, my coaching antenna ears went up thinking, Oh shoot, I'm probably going to have to deal with an upset parent over this player who didn't play. And after we gave our, our team yell, I, I moved over and was speaking with a player individually. Uh, out of the corner of my eye, I noticed this dad come up to this player who didn't play, and he gave him a hug. And then two minutes later, that player came to me and gave me a hug and said, Coach, thanks for the week and the experience. And, and that was it. And I thought right there, that parent gets it that player gets it. And that player in that moment, I felt has earned a chance to earn a role this next year. And, and it was just awesome to see when it happens like that, because it doesn't always work out that way. No. And, you know, I think it, we've talked in previous podcasts, if we look at what we're really trying to help our children develop into <laughs> those moments in the hallway, hugging the dad after a disappointment. I worked, I didn't play. I, you know, may have done more for that kid 
than 10 minutes of playing time would have done. Learning to deal with that, what, what an incredible benefit it is to our kids that they get to experience some of those uh, disappointments in, in life uh, because that is something that is so critical to them. Uh, we're all going to deal with that. And so that's a, that's a great story. That kid, I, you just want to meet kids like that, you know, and be around parents like that. I would love to hear that conversation in the hallway. Uh, what what was said. Shad, have you heard of the Mike, the Matheny manifesto? No, I haven't. Mike Matheny was a manager for the Cardinals for years. And as he finished up his professional career, some parents asked him to coach their youth baseball team an AAU team and he agreed to it but he first filled out he's typed up a a five-page single space letter that kind of gave his philosophy of coaching and the role that parents would have and they had to sign it before he agreed to coach Mm. this team and basically he is asking the parents to be silent encouragers and that's kind of a unique term when we think of parents you know, at games, and he's not asking parents to sit on their hands at games. What he's asking them is to not be yelling or coaching things during the games, to tell the player to drive it or to shoot it, uh, to do certain things, because the game itself puts enough pressure on these athletes that that just adds to it. And I've never thought of that as a parent, that that's gonna add more pressure to his situation. And I, I think that's something that's important for parents to realize that, you know, a silent encourager would be what my mom did is she never talked to the coaches after I got cut from the team. It was put it on me, encourage me to work. And I, I think that's a pretty, that's a, a gift if, if parents are able to do that. They're giving their players the power to deal with hard things down the road when they don't step in those certain situations. Yeah, you know, when you couple that with what we talked about, about being a good teammate, um, sometimes the very contribution that a, a player might need to make, the most valuable contribution they can make to their team, that you have a parent up in the stands at a basketball game, like, shoot the ball, you know, and, and they're, they're actually encouraging their child to not fulfill their role, you know, because they think that points or or scoring or or whatever is the only metric that matters in a game, they might be hurting them and hurting the team by putting that that extra pressure on a kid. It, it, it'd be horrible to sit there and think that a kid is like, okay, my coach is asking this, my dad's yelling this. Man, that's a lot of pressure on a kid. You know, do do I shoot? I know that's not <laughs> what I'm asked to do right now, or or do I listen to my coach and deal with my dad? And it, that pressure could be could be a lot on a, on a kid. That's sad to put that on a kid. And I think parents, I I get it. I've coached my own boys and coaching my own son. And sometimes that pressure is there for a parent to feel like they need to yell at their kid and certain things. And, and that's a challenge. And, and I've had even college coaches ask me about parents and, and, and relatives. And, and sometimes that can be a red flag for a college recruiter. And so as a parent, I would just advise to work on being that silent encourager, cheering for the team still and cheering for teammates 
but allowing your athletes to grow and learn. Awesome. And that's the Matheny Manifesto, huh? What a what a cool that even has a ring to it. I'll have to look that up and read it. That sounds like great, great content. So, yeah. Well, hey, thanks, Coach. We appreciate you so much taking the time and sharing some of these thoughts with us. And, man, the parents of the kids who play for you are lucky. It's uh, to have a coach who cares so deeply about these things that, that we're talking about is, I think, every parent's dream. And so thank you for your influence. Maybe one last question. I know you've you've worked with especially for athletes and the program and and seeing when an athletic department comes together and and tries to help help kids who may feel marginalized at their school and i would love just any thoughts you have on the program and and the benefit of bringing the program into your school and and or into a team or club what what impact have you seen it have you know i i remember being up north and had a coach um, John Bayline from Michigan, he came into the gym and he was speaking to our team and he basically was giving them the eyes up, do the work message, talking to them about putting their phones down. And he, and he took 10 minutes and, and had this discussion. And I thought, you know, it would be great if more in this school could hear this simple message. And so when I came to Snow Canyon and saw that uh, this program was here and being supported, um, I thought it was it was awesome. And as a counselor, you have ratios of students anywhere from 200 to 600 students. And there's just no way to get to all of those students who may need that help from bullying, dealing with depression, anxiety, uh, suicidal thoughts. And to me, I have witnessed many students come into my office and say, uh, Mr. Meacham, I have a friend who needs some help. Can you talk to them? And to me, that is a hero in the school. In this program, what you guys have going is, is creating this army of athletes that goes in and really keeps uh, their eyes moving forward to turn the light away from them to others in the school. And to me, I think the concepts that you have are inspired concepts to go out and and be able to look outside of themselves and you know kind of in the final thought I remember Tony Bennett the coach for University of Virginia he was asked what is his why and his response was I just want to do things different in the college basketball world to do it differently and show that it can be done differently and as you know his story of how his team overcame the resiliency to lose to a number 16 seed and in the following year um, win, he was basically telling them that they can do it differently. And I think here, this program is showing athletes that you can do, diff do it differently here in the schools. You can go out and, and have competition without the contempt and, and you can bless others as you're looking to help those in your hallways and in your classrooms and so i think it's a special program i encourage you to keep doing it it's awesome what you guys are doing and i'm very privileged and, and proud to be a part of it well doug thank you very very much and thank you for your contributions to it and for all you do for the athletes over the years and and what you're continuing to do and so we appreciate so much you joining us today doug thank you very much. Thanks, Chad. Thank you. 
This has been the Sportlight Podcast. We're grateful that you were able to join us today. We encourage you to go back and listen to our previous podcasts and and to pick up the Sportlight book at especiallyforathletes.org. And if you're interested in the Especially for Athletes program coming to your school or your club or your team, uh, just contact us at especiallyforathletes.org. Thank you so much for joining us. Eyes up. Do the work. This has been the Sportlight Podcast from Especially for Athletes, sponsored by Coca-Cola. You can learn more about Especially for Athletes by visiting the website at especiallyforathletes.org. You can also learn more about the book, The Sportlight, by Shad Martin and Dustin Smith at especiallyforathletes.org slash book. <laughs>